Coming up on today's Locked On Senators. New year, same issues for the Ottawa Senators. They fall 6-3 to the Vancouver Canucks. And although PWHL lost in overtime, it was a smashing success at a record crowd at TD Place. We'll discuss that. And there's still four more games left on the Senators' road trip. How can they salvage a few victories? We'll get into all that and more on today's edition of the Locked On Senators podcast. It's your team every day. Your Locked On Senators, your daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Jake Sanderson, and you're listening to Locked On Senators podcast. I'm Tim Stützle, and you're listening to the Locked On Senators podcast. Welcome inside episode 951 of the Locked On Senators podcast. I'm Ross Levitan down in the South Florida heat alongside Brandon Pillar up in the Blue Mountains. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On for $20 off your first ticket purchase. A reminder, you can follow us on social media. We're at Send Central on Twitter, LockedOn.Senators on Instagram. The show is free and available on all podcast platforms, including on YouTube, where a like, comment, and subscription go a long way to helping the show grow. Today's question we want answered in the comments is, what do you do in the crease for the Ottawa Senators? Anton Forsberg pulled in the first period of last night's loss. Do you just ride these two guys? Do you pull up Mad Sogard? What would be your call for the Senators' crease going forward on this road trip? Today is Wednesday, January 3rd, and Pilsy, I got the same question for you, man. What do you do? Because at this point, I'm not sure Anton Forsberg can be trusted to get a start. I think it's time to call up Matt Sogard. I mean, not to uh, just hop right into this right off the bat of the pod. Uh, normally, I would smooth things out and get to that point, but I'm just going to be blunt. Neither of these guys are getting it done, and I feel like this is a situation, Ross, where Jacques Martin can try to, I don't know, enforce, maybe isn't the right word, but show some accountability and say, look, it's simple. The goaltending is just not good enough right now. We have an option, a guy in Mad Sogard who's having a nice year down in, in Belleville in the AHL. He's pegged as the goalie of the future. He's been in the NHL before. It wouldn't be a shock to him to have to come up and play some games. And just lets these guys know, hey, Forsberg, I know you got a nice deal. You got two years left on that deal. And Corpusalo, you're a brand-new free agent. Uh, that's signed long-term, a five-year deal. But your jobs are not cushy and uh and safe just because of the contracts because the effort and the stats of these goalies and i hate to put it all in the goalies but they they are a big problem of this simply hasn't been good enough i mean it's it's probably one of the worst goaltending duos in the league right now so they need a shake up they need to know that hey there are other options, and I think Mad Sogard should at least get a look here because, like, how long can you continue on this path, Ross? Like, it's only – I feel like it's one out of every, like, four games that we get a decent effort from either of these goalies, and this is a schedule where there's so many games in a quick succession at that, and especially you're on the road. Like, you can't afford to have neither of your goalies going. 
No, and if you look at Money Puck's goals saved above expected, which takes into account the quality of the shots they're facing, Anton Forsberg's been the third worst goal- goalie in the National Hockey League this season, and Eunice Corpusallo has been the 11th worst goalie, and that's out of 64-plus goalies that have qualified for this. And the only two worse than Anton Forsberg in terms of goals saved below expected, it should be, is Ilya Samsonov, who is just on waivers, and Vitek Vanacek, who has just been unreliable for the New Jersey Devils. Interestingly, last night was only Anton Forsberg's second road start of the season. 12 of his 14 starts have come at the Canadian Tire Center in Ottawa. His other road game, that 5-4 loss against Dallas, where they gave up a lead late. And now in last night's game, Anton Forsberg only lasts 16 minutes and 58 seconds. He gave up four goals on 13 shots. Now, it's not all on the goalies, though. We're starting out with them because it's been a consistent theme over the past, really the whole season, where you can't get consistent efforts. And look, Anton Forsberg was phenomenal against Buffalo. And that's the most frustrating thing. It's that he's showing that he can play up to the standard that he set for himself over the last two seasons in Ottawa, where he's really bailed them out of a lot of poor performances. But this year, it just can't string together more than one good effort at a time. Do you think it was naive for us as Sens fans and for many people out there to think that he could come back from two torn MCLs to be the same quality goalie that he was before the injury? I mean, maybe a little bit, Ross, but tell me if you're seeing something different. I'm not seeing a guy that looks hindered by injuries. Like, I'm not out there being like, I look slow, or it looks like he's being stopped up by something. Like, I I can't really pinpoint why it's been so difficult for him. Maybe it's a mental thing that he's he's nervous about something like that happening again. And I mean, I wouldn't blame him. That's a terrifying injury to have to deal with both your knees going out at the same time. I can't even imagine what that would be like. And it's been a long road uh, to recovery for Forsberg. So definitely giving him the benefit of the doubt there, but I'm not watching Forsy and being like, Ooh, this is obviously a knee injury or knee injuries that are holding him back here. I'm not seeing that. No, I mean, either point shots have been a huge problem. And how much is that on the goalie? And how much is that on the Ottawa Senators? Just not either getting bodies in the way, like Josh Norris was completely in the way on one of them. And you're just looking, it's like either get out of the way or block the shot, right? At, the, at that point, if you're the goalie and they're not, they're not doing it for, for the keepers. Now they had 20 block shots in last night's game, but they also deflected what three goals into their own net. Like this is, this is a problem. I don't want people thinking that we're just blaming the goalies because this is a lot deeper rooted than just the goalies, but also like perfect example, not that they were going to come back anyways, but Ottawa did make it a two goal game with two and a half minutes left. We've seen them come back from two goals down with two and a half minutes left before um, that Calgary game uh, last year sticks out for, for that. And obviously it's yep. a rare occurrence, but it does happen. And then to let in a floater from the blue line, 13 seconds later, like that just kind of speaks. It's a momentum killing uh, position right now for Ottawa, but it's not the only one. Again, another, I, I said off the top, it's these same issues that are rising to the forefront. The other one is the fact that when they allow one goal, they're going to allow another one right away. It was 2 nothing Vancouver, and then when they made it 3 nothing, Elias Patterson's goal that went uh, caromed off of everybody and in, then they give up another goal 24 seconds later, and then yeah. they give up another goal less than a minute later. Like, they are shooting themselves in the foot, and then when they start limping, they're not running in circles. They're running straight back into their own net. It's it's really something to watch, and I don't know how much of that 
is a mental block? How much of that is systems? How much of that is structure? I'm at a loss for words. It's hard to to find, you know, a consistent way of being like, oh, if, if they do this, they'll fix it because it's it's different ways each time. Sometimes it's off the face off. It's a rush down and they let in a goal. Another one, it's a failed clear and it's in the back of their net. Another one, they just give it away at the blue line. It's in the back of their net. There's so many different ways this team is finding finding themselves on the defensive side of the pocket. It, it's hard to pinpoint just one. It, it is difficult, Ross. It's hilarious how many different ways this team got scored on last night. Uh, deflections off the glass and in bad angle shots, uh, a dump in from the point, like you mentioned, uh, off a stick, off a skate and in. And now I think it's easy for us to sit here and look at this and with how bad the goaltending has been, look at that game and be like, oh my God, another poor effort. But if you're a Canucks fan or or just someone who's not a Sens fan, you're probably watching that and being like, it was insane and I hate to use this term, but the bounces that went against the Sens were insane. Like, it, like if you take away the fact, like if that was that happened to Thatcher Demko, I don't think the Canucks fans are calling for his head and being like, "Wow, terrible start" or anything like that. It's like, okay, like it, it's the buildup. That's the thing. But Ross, and this is what I mentioned in the postcast. Sure, you need your goalies to be able to make saves on those weird bounces, and you, you gotta have the timely saves, like you mentioned. The momentum killers are crazy, but. None of that really matters because the reason these opportunities for these bad bounces are happening is because of the poor play in the Sen's own end. Like so many times, it's just turnovers. And I think that first Pedersen goal is the perfect example. Vladimir Tarasenko turns it over behind his own net. Then uh, the Vancouver Canucks, they recover it. Then Ottawa... JBD loses the 50-50 battle there. Exactly. Ottawa has a chance to wipe that mess up, to mop it up. JBD... Kind of lackluster going for it. Pedersen, such a smart hockey IQ guy. Quick stick lift, gets it, does the bad angle shot. And then he sticks with the play. He goes around to the other side of the net and then gets the tap in after the bad angle squeaks by and almost isn't a goal. And Tom Shabbat tries to save it, slides into the net, and he's and he's on his ass trying to scoop the puck out with his hand. Like, it's just a comedy of errors in chain reactions that continue to happen that lead to these bounces, Ross. Like, it, it's the old saying, puck don't lie. Like, if the Ottawa Senators were able to make simple plays to clear it out of their zone, you don't have the opportunity for that bad bounce to come bite you in the ass. But they're not able to do that. And it's so easy for other teams. You mentioned it, Ray Ferraro, saying, if you play a structured game up against this Ottawa Senators team, it's going to be a cakewalk for you. All like the Ottawa Senators will shoot themselves in the foot. All you have to do is just play a clean structure game and the Sens will do the rest for your opponents. Like it is wild how how bad that got last night. Like this this game was over in 16 17 minutes and some people saying, "Oh, well, you guys can't be so negative. You got to look how good they played in the second and third period. The game was over." Like I'm not giving any credit for garbage time efforts because the Vancouver Canucks couldn't give a damn what the Corsi is in the second and third period when they're walking away with a 6-3 home win. It doesn't matter. And we're so far past the point of searching for these morale victories because this is a team that's up against the cap. This is a team that's locked guys in long term. This is a team that's traded away so many first round draft picks to bring in talent. Like they've exhausted all of their options to not be a losing team that can lean on morale victories and 
having opponents look them in the eye at the handshake and say, wow, we respect your hard effort. They're so far past that, that I'm, I cannot give credit for a boosted effort in the second and third when the first period was an, um, an absolute gong show. And we've seen it too many times as well. It's like fool me once, okay, shame on on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. And and right now it's fool me twenty four times. It feels yeah. like well, they, it's actually shame on us nineteen times uh, or eighteen because the first one's on you. Um, right now the senders are uh, fourteen, nineteen, and oh, last place in uh, in the Atlantic Division. But look mm. at all the times they've done that before. Buffalo, they're down five one, they lose six four. Uh, LA, they were down three nothing. They lose three two. Tampa, they're down four one after the second period. They lose six four. There's yeah. so many examples where they make it look better than the score should be in in terms of of you know putting lipstick on it. And and right now it is just uh, it's a free fall for the Ottawa Senators where you finally every time you think they're getting a little bit of momentum because they've done this twice now. They did it with the back-to-back wins over Seattle and the Rangers. Then they lost to Toronto in a game they should have won. They outshot the Leafs 41-22. I was at that game. And then they beat the Red Wings 5-1. It's like they win three of four, and then they lose six straight. They win three of four, right? They beat Pittsburgh. They beat Toronto. They lose to New Jersey. They beat Buffalo. And then what's going to happen next? Because as it happened against the the six-game losing streak, they were all on the road, Pilsy. And upcoming... We got four more road games. So how can the Senators turn a corner on the road? They're 4-9-0 and on the road. 13 road games, they're 4-9-0. and Two of those wins in Toronto. So outside of Ontario, in road games, they are two wins and nine losses. Not only that, Pilsy, but some of these losses, they're... They're exclamation mark losses. So how can they fix that? We'll have that conversation next. And PWHL Ottawa has begun. And what a crowd it was at the TD uh, place in Lansdowne Park. It was an awesome atmosphere. So we'll have a little recap at the end of today's show on that game and more. This is Locked On Senators, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel. Guys, FanDuel is the official sportsbook partner of the Locked On Podcast Network, and for a good reason. They're North America's number one sportsbook. Why would you go anywhere else? And right now, new customers in the U.S. can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you're thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. And why FanDuel is so successful is because their app is awesome. It's safe, secure, simple to use. Even a guy like me can use it. You can bet on so much more than just hockey. You can bet on women's hockey. You can bet on NFL. You can bet on college football, baseball, basketball, golf, whatever you like. You can find it on FanDuel and if you're a Sens fan, you're probably not having too much luck with the money line bets. Don't worry. There's such a wide range of betting options that you can choose from. Try hitting the spreads. Try hitting player props, over-unders, the overs hit last night. Try your hand at a different way with FanDuel because there's so many ways to get in on the action. So check it out today, guys. FanDuel.com slash locked on and get started. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Today's episode is also brought to you by the Glebe Central Pub. You know how much we love our friends at the Glebe Central Pub, 779 Bank Street, right by Lansdowne. So if you're going to check out PWHL Ottawa, great crowd last night, make sure you're having a chilly one either before or after the game at the Glebe Central Pub. They got great food. They got great drinks. Pillsy's a big, 
big Buffalo chicken wrap guy. So you can always get those at the Glebe Central Pub. They also are sense fans, just like you and I. So if you want to go watch the suffering, watch it together with the Send Shuttle. $17 gets you round trip to and from the CTC right back to the Glebe. Perfect way to just leave your keys at home and go have a good time. Sue will get you to and from the game just right. She knows all the back roads to get you to the CTC well before puck drop. Usually when I take the Glebe Central Pub Shuttle, I get there about, you know, right the end of, of uh, warm up. So you have time to get your chili one, get a hot dog and get to your seat in time for puck drop. So make sure you go check them out. 779 Bank Street. They got great vibes. So go check them out and let them know that Locked On Senators sent you. It's the Glebe Central Pub. The vibes are free at the GCP. Go visit them at 779 Bank Street and check out the Senators Shuttle for only $17 at GlebeCentralPub.com. All right, Pilsy, here we are covering a team that stinks. There's no two ways about it, Pilsy. This team just hasn't lived up to expectation. They haven't even won in terms of getting our hearts back into it, really, since they dropped off at, uh, what, the middle of November, end of November. It's just been 50-50 play, and then, I mean, that last road trip just killed them. But another road trip is here, and it started off about as poorly as possible in the first period, down 5 nothing. And I'm curious to see when the first roster move is going to happen, even if it's inserting someone into the lineup. I guess you could argue Eric Brandstrom going up to forward, which did um, wane away in the third period when Jacob Bernard Docker left. By the way, no update, and the Senators practicing this afternoon as they're out on the West Coast. So it'll be about 11 a.m. we expect in the morning on uh, in Seattle. So the Senators, we're not sure what the lines are today. You can follow us on Twitter. We'll tweet that out uh, as they become available. Tomorrow, the Senators will take on the Kraken, a Kraken team that's feeling good. We'll have our full game day preview tomorrow. But basically, since the Senators beat them last, they were in the middle at that point of a very tough stretch. The Seattle Kraken were 0-6-2. and during that stretch when Ottawa got the 2-0 shutout win in the nation's capital. Since then, though, Pilsy, 7-0-2. Yeah. So they haven't lost in regulation in nine straight games, and that's bookended by two shutouts, including Joey Decords in the Winter Classic. So we'll have time to preview that game, but I want to go back to the Senators' goaltending right now. And not about who's going to start, because I know you said Matt Sogard, and I'm so torn on Matt Sogard because I do see him as the goalie of the future for the Ottawa Senators. But it's like, man, finally Belleville starting to roll and have won four straight. I almost want to keep him there and allow him to build the confidence that wins can get. If he comes up here and gets shelled in a couple straight games, and this is the road trip where it went south for him and the team last year out west at Edmonton, Calgary. That was you know, a complete disaster last season. I think that you reevaluate the goaltending when you get home to Ottawa after this four-game trip. Well, five, but they've already played one. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. For for me, Ross, I was more suggesting not that Mad Sogard would be called up to be like a long-term solution, more just to kind of sh- give the goalies a shake and be like, hey, there's another guy here, and maybe he just plays one or two games and then goes back down regardless of the starts, but just like – Something has to happen here. That's that's all I'm saying. Like that, you cannot keep just trotting these guys out. And and this what ha- this is what happens here. And I don't know. Like Zach Burke's got to have his hands full trying to keep these guys' confidence up. Like like 
I would love to know the process of what uh, the the goalie coach and uh, and the goalies are going through right now because again, like something has to has to change. It's I I believe these two goalies can get it together. It's just they haven't been able to. Now, do I think they can both be all stars? No, but I think with a with a proper tandem setup, this could be a successful duo. But they just they don't have it right now. And whether it's it's the team or them or both, probably more likely a combination of both, but it's not working. Well, that's the problem is that it's both of them in the bottom 11 of, of goals saved above expected. Because if you look at it, there's one goalie from a lot of teams on here. I think Ottawa's the only team with two goalies in the top 12. Uh, Detroit, funny enough, has fifth and 13th. Because the other list. teams, Ross, are are moving one of those guys or putting them on waivers or doing something with them when this slump is happening. This is like the Ottawa Senators coaching thing all over again. Like It seems like other teams are recognizing the issues and dealing with them or at least trying to deal with them while the Ottawa Senators are more than happy to just continue the losses and not change anything and just hope, hey, maybe if we just keep doing it, it'll get better. Well, four teams on the bottom eight right now in in terms of this are on playoff teams. So even despite not getting great goaltending, they're still finding ways to win. So that's just it. It's not the be-all, end-all. But right now for Ottawa, it's just everything. It's their defensive zone structure. It's the way that they give up easy ice in the middle. Like my mom even called it out. She's like, why does the other team have so much time and space to make plays when they're coming up the ice? And Ottawa feels like always forces a play into three bodies and play goes the other way. It's just like, and Tim Stutzla and Brady Kachuk, the two players with the, the highest salaries and the two players who have the most potential, the two players that had the most goals on this team last year, 39 for Stutzla, 35 for Brady Kachuk. Neither of them are doing much at either end of the ice. Tim Stutzla has two goals in his last 17 games and Brady Kachuk, I mean, God bless him. It's either he's all in or not in at all. This guy has zero secondary assists all season. Like, I don't know what that says, because obviously primary assists are more impressive. You're passing the guy who's putting the puck in the net. And last night was the same thing. He gets one primary assist. But for him, he, he's defensively been a liability for the Senators over the last little while. Dash two in last night's game. But I have trouble putting putting too much blame on Brady because every night at least he's bringing it. He's putting pucks on net. He's hitting. But at the same time, man, like he was he was completely out of position on the first goal and allowed like that was an easy shot for Ian Cole to just to just find a hole and put the puck in the back of the net. So it's just like you you need your best players to be your best players. And Jacques Martin said it after the game when a 36 year old Claude Giroux is your best player like these kids, man. And I love I actually really find Jacques Martin refreshing. I'm not turning on him at all for the rest of the season. He's inherited a complete disaster right now. And what I love is he said it. He's like, this isn't a team with a lot of rookies. Sure. We're, we're young ish. These guys are in their fourth and fifth years. Like there's, there's no time to feel sorry for yourself and oh, the NHL so big and hard. It's like, no, you guys are getting paid like elite NHL players go out and earn it every single night. So I think we've done a good job here at raising the bar too, because we're still seeing some people saying that we're, you know, being too hard on these players, dude, they're last place. This is, this yeah. is not, it's, it's just not, not a good product right now. And for a team that, that, that really needs victories, like you can't, you can't afford the stinkers that they had like last night. 
Yeah, Ross, we've been notoriously way toxic too... positivity. I yeah. was thinking about making yeah. some hats that said toxic positivity on them. Yeah, for years we've been notorious about being way too optimistic, uh, having the blinders on, carrying water for the team. However, you want to put it, we dude. We've I done bet. That. I bet a. I bet four units that Timmy would score more than forty goals this year. He has seven through thirty-three. He has less goals than Dominic Kubalik. Yeah, Dominic Kubalik with eight goals on the year. Uh, yeah, I don't like. I would love for people that are saying we're too negative to show us stats that could bring positivity because we can't sit here and cover this team every day and pretend like everything's fine when they're in last place in the Atlantic Division, last place in the Eastern Conference, and I believe 29th in points percentage for the people that are saying, well, they're in last place because game in the hand, cool, cool, cool. Points percentage, they're one of the worst teams in the league. They're the worst. The only teams that are worse are the teams in the West that are doing their damnedest to be bad slacking for macklin it's yeah uh you know when times are tough and i meant to pull this up on the postcast last night but i'll do it after the break the stat cards for the game score when this guy is leading the ottawa senators times are tough we'll have that conversation some pwhl chatter and we'll look at the upcoming road trip starting for the Ottawa Senators, or continuing, I should say, for the Ottawa Senators next after a quick word. You're listening to Locked On Senators, your team, every day. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends over at Game Time. Game Time is the official ticketing app of the Locked On Podcast Network because we don't want you to worry about buying your tickets to your next big event. Just get hyped for them. And you can with Game Time because it's the fast and easy way to buy tickets not just sports, guys. I know we're a sports uh, podcast network, but you can get tickets for sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. All sorts of entertainment with killer last deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, best price guarantee. Game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. And I love game time because I'm not much of a planner. Sometimes I'm like, ah, you know, I could go to a, a concert today. I could go see a quick sports game, whatever we want. Well, you could find last-minute tickets with flash deals on the Game Time app, and with the lowest price guarantee, you're going to want to use Game Time. They have event cancellation protection, all sorts of things, and Game Time. They always have deals right up to the day of the event. Hey, PWHL Ottawa, the crowd record sellout. Check out Game Time if you're looking to grab some tickets for their next game at TD Play. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use code Locked On for twenty bucks off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code Locked On L O C K E D O N for twenty bucks off. Download the Game Time app today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. All right, Pillsy, before we get to the Senators' upcoming road trip, we've got to get to the PWHL Ottawa elite crowd in our nation's capital last night. I want to pull this up because I've been talking about it time and time again, and unfortunately I didn't get to it on the postcast, where we have to give a shout-out because we started the postcast at 1 o'clock in the morning Eastern time, and there were over 200 sickos that stayed up, didn't, 
give up with the Ottawa Senators. They wanted to vent. They did that in the postcast. You can always catch the postcast right after the game ends. Also available on your favorite podcast platform the next day. So if you if you you've had enough for the night, you're exhausted. That's all good. You can catch up with the postcast in your podcast feeds on your favorite podcast catcher the next morning after the game. Now, these game scores, lots of data. Natural Statric provides it. There's some other, um, you know, scoring, but it usually does kind of match the eye test. Pilsy, when Mark Kostelik is number one for the Ottawa Senators, the top game score, you know things probably didn't go the Senators' way. Although, you could probably argue the Buffalo game that he was up there with Zach McEwen and Eric Brandstrom as well. Yeah, I mean, just other than, I don't know where Claude Giroux is on uh, that chart, Ross, but other than Claude Giroux and maybe Claude Tarasenko. Giroux, Claude Giroux had the most positive, but also had the most negative. So he's like middle of the pack, but he had a very eventful game. Let's put it that way. Yeah, other, other than... Uh, I, I thought Claude had a good game, and at least he showed some frustration. I, I, I can't believe that this team was not upset or didn't seem upset at all with this loss. That just was was wild uh, to me. I thought the first period we were going to see sticks snapped and uh, equipment trainers uh, scrambling to get them more sticks because the this was just a downright embarrassing effort in the first period. And, yeah, these – these are not the players that you want leading your statistical categories here. I mean, Jake Sanderson, I guess that's good, but yeah, well, the bottom four, Jacob Bernard Docker, Thomas Shabbat, Travis Hamannick, and Artem Zub. You can't have four of your six defensemen at the very bottom and expect good results. Jacob Bernard Docker had zero positive impact in this game and wow. uh, some pretty negative ones as well. I think he's struggling mightily recently. You can even go back that uh, that failed rim that caused the goal at the end of the first period in the Buffalo game. And just over the last number of games, to me, he's a guy that, you know, he, I think he should be a six, seven defenseman at this yes. point in his career where it's like, it's almost like we go back, Pilsy, and, and it's like what's old is new again, the way we're dissecting this team, where remember we used to say the Senators had three third lines? Like right now, it's like they have three third pairs, but there's a good player on each pair with Shabbat, Chikrin, and Sanderson, but it's like, it's just not working. Whatever it is right now, it's not working for the Ottawa Senators. If you have any ideas of how to make it work, Please let us know. We'll pass it on to the powers that be. But Pilsy, the road trip, it's not getting any easier. I just mentioned it. No regulation losses in the last nine games for Seattle. The Edmonton Oilers, did they lose last night? Um, nope. I know going in. No, of course not. Why Why? Why would the Edmonton Oilers lose last night? Because they, uh, they're sitting on a pretty nice little run right now, too. Have they won six straight? They've won uh, six straight, Pilsy. So you've got an Edmonton Oilers team that has a plus 18 goal differential in their last six games. That's who they're playing on Saturday. Then you go up to Calgary, where that's probably the one that, that you really need. I mean, yeah. you need all of them, but that's the probably the most realistic one because these next two games, yeah. you're going up against two of the hottest teams in the league. You combine their record, Pilsy, math guy, 13-0-2 in their last 15 combined games. Obviously, that's doing some mental magic there, putting those two together, but that's what the Senders are up against. Then they're in Calgary on Tuesday, and then in Buffalo on Thursday to wrap up the road trips, coming back to the Eastern time zone for that game. And then, Billsy, this could be a, a, a game that Macklin Celebrini will be watching. The Senders will come home to face the San Jose Sharks next Saturday, a 4 o'clock Eastern game. Um, it, it's really coming down to that point right now like senders have 19 losses so far this season in 33 games yeah i 
the point where we switched from hoping for wins to get back into this and hoping for losses just to, if you're going to be bad, be terrible, is coming up, is fastly approaching Ross. And this is not a position I was expecting to be. Like, we have to cover this team for the rest of the year. And I have a feeling a good chunk of these games are going to be meaningless. Is it going to be a good draft? Oh, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Don't don't answer that right now. I don't now. know. I've been avoiding the draft, but I'm going to have to start doing some research soon. Yeah. Macklin Celebrini did lead Team Canada at the World Juniors. Another disappointment from yesterday. Team Canada giving yeah. up a goal with 11 seconds left. Now, on the yeah. other side of that, though, two Sens prospects will be heading to the semifinals. Tomas Hamara is really the number one defenseman on Czechia right now, and they lost another defenseman in Adam Juracek, who's going to be a top pick in 2024 sounds like he's gonna be out for the season we'll get into that David more. your check not to his brother no oh. his brother okay well there There's we go two. they didn't <laughs> uh, release him actually he's in columbus right now but yeah his brother adam uh was gonna be a cool. first round pick but sounds like he's gonna miss uh the the rest of the season so we'll see how that affects his draft stock but hamara has been the number one defenseman for czechia they beat canada yesterday and then oscar Pedersen, pistol pete that was a wild game with uh, some crazy penalty calls uh, in the third period, but uh, Sweden prevails and beats Switzerland. So Pedersen and Hamara both in the semifinals at the World Juniors. But Pilsy, uh, that was a loss yesterday for Team Canada. Ottawa got the loss against uh, against a team that just ran them over in the Vancouver Canucks early on in that one. And then PWHL Ottawa, an amazing crowd, a record crowd at uh, at TD Place, 8,318. It's the most attended professional women's hockey game in history, not just in North America, but in the world. And Ottawa falls 3-2 in overtime. My goodness, it was such a great game. 0-0 for so long. Mashmeyer, my, easily my favorite player on the team, goalie-friendly show, but she was awesome. Uh, penalty shot save on the best player yeah. in female hockey. Huge. Marie-Philippe Poulain, just like they score first, right? That's Senator style, right? Score first and lose the game. They really are an Ottawa hockey team. But Haley Skimura scored the first. And look, this is kind of a way to throw a little shot in there at Toronto as well. The first home goal in the PWHL history because Toronto got shut out. They had the first home game yesterday, but uh, a nice rip from the point. It was actually going to go to um, to Michaela Grant uh, Grant Mentis. I'm hoping I'm pronouncing that right. We'll, we'll get these right, though. Um, but she tucked it in actually under the net. It didn't go under the pad under the net, so that okay. got called back. You're, not, but, hey, you're they, not trying. They battled through. They battled through, and uh, hey, they got a point. And I do like the point system in the PWHL, 3-2-1-0. So now they're so only one better. Only one point back of Montreal, though, despite the loss. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's a better system, I think, for sure. Yeah, the the key thing is, Ross, it was these are athletes that have been fighting for so long to kind of find a proper home so that they can, you know, be professional athletes. And it's taken so long. There's been so many kind of bumps along the road. And for them to have a debut and an opening like this is incredible. And uh, I was reading uh, Haley Salvian and Ian Mendez article on the athletic and, and even just sends fans on Twitter that a lot of them went to the game. A lot of people that we're familiar with and all the reports are just the atmosphere was incredible. Like uh, uh, the Ottawa coach, I'm, I'm forgetting their name right now, but their first response in the press conference was not about the loss, not about anything about hockey. It was just like, wow, 
this is so awesome to be a part of this experience. And that's what it's about. They have to create that experience. And I think this is a great success. Like they had to uncover seats at TD place. Like the 67s usually have a bunch of seats covered up. They took the tarps off and sold more tickets. Like that's so awesome. I'm so happy for uh, all these uh, female athletes. And I I think that, this is going to be something where you start building rivalries, you start uh, gaining excitement. They're doing a good job with the social media and uh, and publicity and marketing and everything. I think this has some staying power. So uh, I I hope that everyone that went to the game had a good time. And hey, it was a cl- it was a close game. I really think PWHL Ottawa is uh, in for a good season here. Yeah, I tuned in for the third period. Pelsey, they had 19,000 people watching on their YouTube, and that's not even counting how many people were watching on TSN that was carrying the game. So I think that this is just the start, and uh, great to see Ottawa have such great crowd support. And uh, a funny little story here, and and a Send Central citizen who was at the game actually uh, confirmed this in, in, uh, in her writing, and she's a former CWHL player. And uh, it sounds like Gary Bettman was the architect of getting Ottawa team. Sounds like the team was going to be in London, Ontario. But then Gary Bettman said, hey, you guys should probably get a team in Ottawa because there is a huge, huge amount of female hockey fans in the nation's capital. So I love that they were able to to get that done because this team, I mean, they're, they're, Gonna be successful. I, I have no doubt in my mind. It was Elisa Desmier uh, who, who was at the game and said that hey, they they were gonna be in London, Ontario. So I love that they weren't. So thank you, Gary Bettman. Yeah, big time. We'll <laughs> thank him. Uh, now give us that first round pick back for the Ottawa Senators. So it's gonna come fast and furious, man. For the uh, for the PWHL Ottawa team, they're right back in action on uh, Monday, January eighth. Then they'll play Saturday, January 13th. Those are both road games for Ottawa. They're in Boston on Monday, then in Toronto on Saturday. They come home, their next home game, Wednesday, January 17th, 7 p.m. Sounds like a perfect time to get off of work on a Wednesday, go to the Glebe Central Pub, get a Mm -hmm. bite to eat, and then head over to TD Place where you can watch Minnesota take on Ottawa. Pillsy, some final thoughts. We need to get back to the Ottawa Senators here and – um. I, I don't know how to really tee this up other than to say, like, are you hoping for anything to change in terms of the lineup today at practice ahead of Seattle? Or are you just like talking about these players saying, look, like this is on you. I'm not going to keep tinkering. Like this is on you. You guys are not playing up to your talent level. Just go out there and just be better. Yeah. I mean, definitely. That's a good start. Uh, I think, the Eric Branstrom at forward things got got to stop, like especially when the defense is struggling like this, and maybe JBD is not going to be back in the lineup. You got to give guys like Crooker and Schmeichel an opportunity to get back in the mix. Especially Crooker has done no wrong, in my opinion. I feel like he didn't deserve to have his lineup uh, spot in the lineup taken by a defenseman, nonetheless. So Crooker and Brandy are probably looking at each other like, "What the heck's going on with this?" Um, get Crooker back in the mix because that's a guy, he, he's a spark plug out there. I really think he brings some energy and uh, some good vibes to this team. So I'd like to see him back in there. And yeah, I don't, at this point, I don't, I don't really care which goalie starts tomorrow. We'll, we'll take it from there and try to try to pay spoiler to this Seattle team that is riding high right now. And the people of Seattle are absolutely fired up about hockey. So it's not going to be an easy barn to play. And so Ross, 
I guess to, to condense that, you got to make some sort of change in the lineup just because that was such a bad game. You have to do something. And I am very nervous about how this game is going to go for the Ottawa Senators. Well, we'll be up late watching it. We'll also have tomorrow's podcast out during the day and the postcast right after the Senators take on the Seattle Kraken. That game starts at 10 o'clock Eastern. We appreciate everybody for being a part of the show. We will get back to our Send Central citizens next week. I believe it's John who we're going to have a chat with. Yes, John in Vancouver. Wonder if he was at the game last night. We did hear from Sens fan in Van. We heard from a lot of fans who are out in Vancouver just being like, this sucks. But we also heard from LOSP correspondent Skylar Peters, my guy from Winnipeg who was at the game in Vancouver. So you can go check that video out at uh, Send Central on Twitter. It's a tough stretch right now for the Ottawa Senators, but what better time to band together? We'll see what happens at practice today. If you want any sort of like reassurance, I'd just go listen to Jacques Martin because I really thought he nailed it in his post-game presser. The one positive I can leave people with, Bilzi, is the players still believe. It might be delusion. It might be call it what you want. But, but Claude Giroux said last night after the game, he said, I still believe in this team. If we can find a consistency... He thinks they can win 10 in a row, Pilsy. 10 in a row for the Senators. Yeah. That's wins, not losses. When you're talking about, yeah, I mean, we're right there. All we need to do is just string along a 10-game win streak, and then we're back in. Uh, I'm a little worried there. And then he had a, a Alfie, eh, probably not, moment uh, when asked uh, if, what was the exact question? They said uh, tough, tough first period, but uh, you had a good second and third. Can you carry that momentum into the game in Seattle? Um, maybe. And then, just and then that was away. it. He's like, That's, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm done with that question. But I thought, I mean, jokes aside, I thought that he handled that press conference pretty well. I thought Thomas Shabbat. I'm glad to see it's the leaders that were talking yeah. um, after last night's game, and hopefully they just go out and let their play do the talking against Seattle. It'd be great. And they had that big comeback win. That was the one game they won on that road trip last year. Uh, the road trip from hell that, that ended their season, really their playoff hopes after the we want playoff chance. But they came back, and I think it was Claude Giroux as well. Like This guy is the emotional leader of the Ottawa Senators, and I think that's more of an indictment on the guys who should be taking the bull by the horns rather than Claude Giroux, who should be a very solid complimentary piece. Like, look in Dallas. We always compare Claude Giroux with Joe Pavelski, and it's like, yeah, he's a contributing member, but he's not the guy. Like they've got their Robertson, their Hints, their Sagans, their guys who are contributing more offense. So I'm curious. But hey, uh, some more good news, Pilsy. We are a week away. I believe exactly a week away. We are a week and one day away from Shane Pinto's return to practice ahead of his return from suspension. Now that means a contract needs to be signed, I think, before he can practice with the team even. That would make sense. You assume for, like, insurance reasons, yeah. Unless he signs a PTO, which would be the funniest thing ever. It's like, PTO for a week, and then we'll go. But no, Shane all jokes PTO. aside, I think Shane Pinto is going to make an impact on this team. Now, is he going to be the difference? Probably not. I think this team needs needs everybody to take a step in the right direction. The fan support's still there. Over 200 people at 1.30 in the morning last night venting about this Ottawa Senators team. So can the players... Give their fans something to cheer about tomorrow. We'll have a full game day preview right here on the show. For today, we say goodbye for Brandon Pillar. I'm Ross Levitan. This has been another edition of the Locked On Senators Podcast. Your team every day.